moments will be lost in time. Like tears. Back again, another episode of Film Runners. Today we've watched the 1940 film Brother Orchid. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, directed by Lloyd Bacon, written by Earl Baldwin, Richard Connell, written by Earl Baldwin, based on a story by Richard Connell, and starring my boy Edward G. <laughs> Robinson and uh, the little known figure known as Humphrey Bogart. Some other folks. Yeah. Why don't you give us give um, us a little rundown about the basic yeah. story, the plot? Edward G. Robinson plays Little John Sato, who is the mob boss of like the city's biggest mob. He decides to leave town in order to get some class. He goes to Europe, realizes that he doesn't really have any at all. Tries to come back to his old life, finds everybody's moved on, and winds up in a monastery, reinventing himself as a monk. <laughs> Do we? I have a quick question. Do we know? Is it ever established where it takes place? Like, is it Chicago or New York or L.A.? I think it's New York because, like, Jersey's right there. Like, because oh, right, yeah. yes, okay, yeah, that makes. Sense. Is it? Did they ever like say any places like that? Did they? Yeah, they New um, the sanitarium that um, Willie the Knife went to was in Jersey. Right. Oh, you're so yeah. right. Yeah, I kept trying to. I must have missed that because I kept trying to pick up like where it was taking place. Um, I assumed New York, but uh, it was yeah. it was hard to tell. Well, wherever it was, there are just monasteries like, all <laughs> over the shop, just <laughs> that you can just bump into randomly. <laughs> Woods monks. And just... Admittedly, one. There was one like, monastery that but, like, we bumped into. Like, in, like, the deep, 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 deep woods. Yeah, and when, like, and when yeah. Edward G. Robinson wakes up, he's like, ah, oh, what is this, a monastery? And they're like, yeah. He's like, oh, okay, cool, that makes total sense. Okay, <laughs> he's not like, what, seriously? Yeah. There's still these around? That's my. That's not an Edward G. Robinson impression in any way. <laughs> really? Because I've been excited he's to so... see you try to it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. All right, I met with G. Robinson, see? Come on, boys, I'm a little Paul Sato. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah. That was, that was, that was quality. Yeah. Like I say, Edward G. Robinson is an easy impression. Yeah. Give me yours. Meh, yeah, sir. I'm Brother Orchard, <laughs> sir. <laughs> and Incha. <laughs> You're so doing it. We can't sit here and do two Edward G. Robinson impressions, and you don't do any. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on Michael's. Oh, oh, oh God. See, I'm gonna do that. See, like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it sounded like I like how it sounded like uh, Simon from Elvin and Chipmunks <laughs> doing an Everett G. Robinson impression. 
I also love how like you can't do an Edward G. Robinson impression unless you're just saying yeah. C. Yeah. Like that's how he has to end every sentence. Well, it's sort of like uh it's like uh stretching before you work out. You have to start the <laughs> sentence by saying Massy and then you you build from there. <laughs> and then end in C. <laughs> yeah. Massy, I'm gonna go get some potatoes, see? Yeah, yeah, that's him if he's hungry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is my pick this week. I love this film because I love anything Edward G. Robinson is in pretty devotedly. What did you two think? I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot. I I remember seeing clips of it in school, but I didn't understand like the whole story. And I like I actually watched it again like after I watched it the first time cuz it was like this is so cool and so funny and it's it's not like Sister Act but it's kind of like Sister Act and I appreciate yeah, yeah. that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Where where do you think the similarities with Sister Act lie and where are the differences? The minute differences. Well, they don't sing. That's yeah. disappointing. That's the biggest difference. Yeah. yeah. I'd be really happy if it had ended up that this was the Edward G. Robinson musical, though. Yeah, that would be great, actually. <laughs> I mean, like, the similarities are just, like, him at the monastery, I feel like. Like, him kind of combining his outside culture with their inside culture. Like, when he paid off that kid, mm-hmm. like, when he tried to pay off that kid, <laughs> I was <Yeah>. like... <laughs> I really like that because afterwards, like, he kind of gets publicly shamed for it among the, all the monks. And then the head monk is like, how much did you pay him? And he's like, meh, 50 cents, see? And the monk goes, oh, in my day, I only paid a quarter. <laughs> and I kind of like that. I like seeing, you know, like, they all, like, the idea that these monks weren't all, like, inherently always good people. That you are allowed to kind of take a journey into becoming a good person. Yeah, none of them were perfect. No one is expected to be perfect all the time and it was actually a really good scene because edward g robinson was really good like it wasn't just he got shamed and he had to uh learn to be better he sort of stuck up for himself and and said yeah i fucked up in this one area but like i did do a lot of work and i did take a lot of pride like it it upset him that he thought he was disappointing them it was really cool uh yeah yeah it's nice like it wasn't a you got caught you need to work harder it was like, he was on a journey this whole film. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's it sort of starts out um, as a riches-to-rag story, but I like how it, ha- it has that arc back up. Um, because, like, the first four scenes, actually, the, f- the first five scenes are really interesting to me. Because you get a scene with him in control of his mob, saying goodbye that he's going to leave... You get a scene of him with his girlfriend saying goodbye to her, like, going off to Europe. And then he goes to Europe. Everything kind of falls apart for him there. And then you have two identical scenes with him out of power. Like, he's in the boardroom, and they all essentially just, like, tell him to flip off. And then he goes back to Flo, his girlfriend, and he sees that things have completely changed for her in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that does happen. <laughs> um, so I think um, uh, I really like the movie too. By the way, in case anyone cared, uh, 
I actually I actually watched it twice as well. I watched it with Billy the first time. Yeah. And then I watched it uh yesterday, last night I watched it again. Um and it's uh it's very enjoyable. Like it's um I wouldn't say it's the deepest film ever. Like it's funny and <laughs> no, fluffy, you know what I mean, but it's uh it's great for that. It's a simple yeah. moral tale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It didn't, you know, uh, it didn't try to be anything too big, didn't it? But it succeeded a hundred percent at what it was. Um, yeah, I, and I think there's something to be said for that for films that aren't necessarily stretching as far as they could go, but just like being very solid with what they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It knew what they wanted. They knew sort of. It was odd. I did think it was a very structurally weird movie because, like you said, those the scenes at the beginning, like. It was almost uh, pointless <laughs> in that they could have, like, he didn't have to uh, quit the mob business. And by the way, it's like run exactly like a the CEO of a company. He could have been a banker for all of the difference. It been. Yeah, but uh, completely, he didn't have to quit and leave and blah blah blah. Like they could have easily condensed it to Jack Buck just like kicks him out, like that they. But I mean, I guess they wanted to add that searching for class tag on it. But yeah, like that that's the whole thing is that he he started out on a journey and it was about him sort of finding a new interpretation of what class. Yeah, I I guess so. I just think like because at the end when he when he says that basically puts a button on on the whole class thing. I don't know if it lands completely in in the sense that like class is such an odd thing for him to have been searching for. And then, like, oh, it turns out the class was in your heart all along. It's just, we, it's like, I feel like there's a different uh, emotion or feeling he should have been striving for. Like, flat, uh, not flash, class made it a weird, a weird connection for me. Like, I don't, I don't know. There was something odd about, I just couldn't wrap my head around the class aspect. I think the class thing more, it's a weird thing to say. I'm going to say it anyway. I think the class thing like really had to kind of parallel with Flo in a weird way. Because like, she came from, like I think, rags to riches. And that was her class yeah. thing. And then like he went from like riches to rags. And like she gained the class. And then he lost the class. And I- yeah. But that's still, it's still very weird. But, like, if, if you put, like, class in a parallel between, like, the both of them, I think, like, it, it works a lot better. Or yeah. reads a lot better, maybe. But, like... Yeah. I mean, maybe... I think maybe the issue is maybe in the word. Like, if he had said, like, work. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, if he had been I think it's worth literally the, the word itself that I don't quite buy as... It just seems like an odd thing. But you're right, I mean... He his um his and Flo's sort of paths and storylines complement each other very well, and they they show what he's like. I get it. I get what he's go what they're going for, and like what he accomplishes by the end. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, I don't know. I just wish he'd said something else besides <laughs> class. <laughs> That's fair. That is that is absolutely fair. Flo is, like, an interesting character, though, because she doesn't really change at all throughout the film. And I think that's part of the point. Like, you know, at the end, he's like, I didn't have to travel very far to find class. So 
maybe the fact is that, like whether she was wealthy or not she always had that worth yeah she was very smart about it too like i love yeah. like my her she was like my favorite character and she, yeah. just because of the That's fact slow. that like she's she she like i love and southern or whatever her name is like i think she's yeah. just so good and the best acting that comes from out this whole thing is when she's drunk at that duchies yeah. oh that scene best is amazing fucking dialogue that is ever hands down yeah Flo is my favorite character too and that was easily easily my favorite scene in the entire movie was that mm-hmm. her pretending to be drunk oh yeah, it's because it's just like a pure, like, just acting show at that point. Like, I lo- like uh, and then, like, everything about her just changes. Like, hi, baby. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that, like, you see her, like, just, like, regularly like, go, like, ask for the phone, do this performance, and then go right oh, back to normal. So good. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, like, they didn't make any bones about it. Oh, like, she's actually drunk or anything. It's like, no, she's that good. <laughs> I think it's it was my favorite scene. The only one that I think rivals it is the scene where Edward G. Robinson is like about to be shot down in the woods. Because just because like that scene is shot so like viscerally and dangerously, and he gets roughed up in in those forests. Yeah, it sort of turns into like an actual mob movie instead of a like a comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah it's almost a comedy for yeah. most of the runtime. Yeah. Like, I was actually, like, expecting, like, more mob stuff, even though, like, mm. most of the film mm-hmm. is, like, basically, like, protection services, mob stuff, blah, blah, blah. But it was just, like, I kind of, I like, I expected more guns, but then I'm happy I didn't get it. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> like, like Michael yeah. said, like, it, it's <laughs> very businessy. Like, that's, like, the only scene that and, like, the fight at the end. Yeah. But it's all very, like... Even the issue yeah. with uh, Brother Superior when they can't sell their, their flowers, it's like, oh, well, they have another contract with Protection Services, Inc., or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> it's like shop talk. It's very weird. <laughs> like, it's, not, yeah. it's not very mobby at all. Like, they easily could have switched it to almost any other business, yeah. like an insurance company, a yeah. bank. Like. And really, like, his character arc, like, it wouldn't have changed anything other than the fact that, A... Edward G. Robinson is just, like, known for playing a mobster, so maybe he was just typecast in that role. And B, like, I don't think you could have the same, like, physical fist fight shootout at the end (laughs) if it was a bank. Well, you kind of could. I was thinking, yeah, you could could totally, I could see a remake in the 80s of this with, like, Scrooge-era Bill Murray, (laughs) where he's, like, the head of a company, and the same situation happens, um, except it's, like, some vice president's goons trying to take over the company yeah. that that do it instead, right? Could the could uh the guy that could the Humphrey Bogart role be played by William Atherton? Yeah. Yes, he could. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, and uh, um, the insane asylum guy is uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> 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 which what he was a weird he's, i was literally right? just gonna say he just he seems important and then he just vanishes after like he's yeah. just useless afterward yeah well like i mentioned those first four scenes that really show that like oh he was this like big head honcho and then he left because he thought he was better than it and he came back and has nothing 
And then the film really dicks around for a while getting to anything else. It takes an odd amount of time for him to become Brother Orchid. Yeah. It is, <laughs> it is strange. Mm-hmm. I didn't complain, though, because in that amount of time, we met Clarence. Oh, Clarence. <laughs> Clarence oh, is an enigma. Clarence. The worst southern accent i've heard <laughs> in my entire life it was like a new yorker doing a southern accent but he'd only ever heard people from wisconsin like it was not and he was like i assume that's what southern sounds like yeah like but are you oh, i well, like to look at cows all day <laughs> and i like oh, the- this this guy was lonesome to see a cow so he just drove out of state you want to hear my theory about Clarence, though? Yes, I do. I'm not sure. He wasn't, he wasn't seeing a cow. Uh, <laughs> Clarence is gay. And the reason he's hanging out in the city instead of back home is that he can be gay on the down low. And that's why he's palling around with Flo, even though she isn't really that interested in him because she's pining for Edward G. Robinson. And he's okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's why he's totally fine when he comes back. Like, he drives them around everywhere. Even when he's, like, engaged to be married with Flo, he's very, very, very willing to just be like, okay, yeah, you can have her back, Edward G. Robinson. Yes, I hate yeah, the most funny point is he's like, aw, gee, I really wish you wouldn't take my fiancé. That sure is a rough move. Yeah, so I think he's only marrying her to cover up the fact that he's gay in the 40s. That's my theory about Claire. <laughs> I only don't like that because it leaves Flo in a bad situation. I mean, Flo's already in a bad situation. Yeah. True. I I guess it's better than getting milk for money by Edward G. Robinson. (laughs) Yeah. Also pains me to know that, like, she really didn't see him for what he was earlier on. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, come on, girl. Do do better for yourself. Yeah. Like I really thought in that first scene where he came back, she would like I kept almost writing down that he's that she sees through him now. But she just doesn't like, at all. Five years. Five years of him being gone and like she's just like, Oh, you It's like, no, don't do that. Yeah. And he's like, Ah, get rid of all this stuff, you're my dame again. And she's like, Oh golly gee <laughs> Also, it's I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Edward G. Robinson. Very charismatic actor. Uh, but he's not fucking Clark Gable. You know what I mean? When he walks into the room, she like pats him on the head and is like, oh, I love you. But like, it's... I don't... <laughs> I don't know what... Pats him on the head. He's not even like the nicest person in the world. So it's, it's very... Like, no, he's not. He treats her horribly. Like he calls her like a nitwit and like a numbskull. It's like... Really, girl? You really want to put up with this? What does he say? He says something about her in the one of the first scenes when they're together, like when he gets to the job as a he, cigarette girl or he whatever. He calls... I remember this because this is something you pointed out while we were watching it together. He calls her a dumb punk, yeah. and you were convinced <laughs> she that he had said dumb I wasn't punk. convinced. It's just that's what it sounded like to me, so we had to rewind it. Either way, I mean, dumb pluck is pretty rude to call somebody, yeah. too. It is. That is absolutely rude. If I were to call someone that, they would, you know, hit me. Yeah. Easily. <laughs> Try it right now. Uh, 
Call Amelia on Tumblr. Oh my god, please don't. <laughs> also, wasn't it weird that every single little thing that the gangsters did was all over, like, the gossip magazines? <laughs> like, I mean... It, and not even, like, gangland assassination, five dead in a barbershop. <laughs> it was like, oh, Jack Buck is now the head of this, and, and they've, they've made a merger with uh, Westinghouse, and they're going to... <laughs> Yeah, they're just in the financial section. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very strange. And, like, this whole mob, like, Edward G. Robinson comes back, he, like, tries to sit in his old chair, and they've put, like, a joy buzzer in it. And that's, like, their big prank on him. Like, ah, ha, 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 fuck you, get out. <laughs> yeah, it's not a very intimidating, it's a very prank-based organization. <laughs> it is. I liked how it got a call back when he, like, went to the sanitarium and wouldn't sit on any of the chairs. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was good stuff. But I like the idea of, like, that's how they run it now, that Jack Buck's in charge. Like, when they're going to muscle some money out of, a <laughs> like, a guy who owns a, a corner store. Yeah. They're like, you're gonna pay up, see? And they, like, blast him with seltzer in the face, and he's like, no! No, I swear, <laughs> I'll get the money to you, I swear. They're like, next time we're coming back with a big rubber mallet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's because, like, they were selling this as a comedy? Because, like, one, like, it's not overall funny. There's a little, like, chuckle moments. It's a very, it's more of a pleasant film than a funny one, though. Uh, yeah, it's not yeah. necessarily, like, laugh out loud funny. But, I mean, Edward G. Robinson, it was very much a showcase for, like, how funny he could be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. just him interacting with Clarence and everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was a very light film, like, uh, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't really dark at all. Other, like, it's, it's almost yeah. like a children's gangster movie. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they toned down all the violence, except for that, like, one scene where you really felt like Edward G. Robinson was in danger. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's why I liked that scene so much, because it was isolated. Yeah. Like, it was like, you know, it was like seeing Littlefoot's mom dying in The Land Before Time. <laughs> and she thought it was hilarious when Littlefoot's mom died. I actually did. That's insane. <laughs> and what? Bambi's mom. But we're not going to get into that. Well, then you two are just sociopaths <laughs> who... Alright, what's a... What's a scene I can reference that's like an objectively, like, just like a dark little scene in an otherwise a, a bright movie? Um, huh. Simba's dad dying? I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah, Simba's dad dying. Oh, yeah, that's Mufasa also, dying, yeah. That's, that's also kind of hilarious. Kind of dark overall. <laughs> it's sad when uh, Captain Hook gets it at the end of Peter Pan. I was really hoping he'd pull it out. <laughs> get one over on those those meddling children yeah. the movie's called hook oh when pinocchio turns it well when pinocchio's friends turn into the donkeys oh that's that horrifying. was hilarious yes. that's horrifying <laughs> yeah something like that that's what i'm trying to reference like the scene seems darker because it's surrounded by so much lightness like the rest of the film holds back yeah even the big fight at the end is like cartoony like yeah exactly yeah. How cool is it that it is an Edward G. Robinson Humphrey Bogart movie, though? Pretty cool. <laughs> I've uh, I've only actually seen one other movie with the two of them in it. 
together? Uh, Key Largo? Yeah. And, uh... I... Key Largo was after yeah. this. And you can tell because Bogart won. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert for Key Largo fans out there. Yeah. Huge, huge Key Largo <laughs> spoiler with no notification at all, Billy. Alright, I'll, I'll, I'll edit in a, a attention audience. There is a spoiler for Key Largo. In if anyone was looking forward to this 70-year-old film. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's the only one I've seen. I love that one as well. Uh, but I was looking up the other ones they were in together. And yep. um, one that I'd heard before, which has the best title ever, and I kind of don't want to ruin it by watching it, is The Amazing Dr. Clitterhouse. That is actually oh, a really yeah. good film. I know. It's, yeah, I, I haven't uh, seen it. But... That's in the Humphrey Bogart box set that I have. Oh, nice. Yeah, I can't remember if I watched that one or not. There's some that I watched just because of the taglines in it. Like, there's one where the tagline is, When Bogey boffs those Japs. God. Mm. <laughs> it was a simpler time back then. It was. <laughs> So, it was an unpleasant time oh, for anyone God. but white guys. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Hey, how how great were Clarence's friends? <laughs> the ones that were first introduced. Drinking milk and singing songs. <laughs> <laughs> and then Clarence is about to introduce little John Sato, and he's, he's like... Oh, hey, this is little Salo. He's a great pal of mine. He's gonna marry Flo now. <laughs> I've decided to let him marry her. I mean, they all had terrible accents. Like, they couldn't... I don't think one person in this movie came from the South. No, they just thought it was like... They just got people from, like, the Wait, South How do we Bronx get an innocent person? Yeah. God damn it, I just really like Flo. <laughs> I just really love hate it flow so much. I wanted the best for her, but I also wanted to be like, stop it. Yeah, Flo made me sad sometimes because she's great and she was uh like even I feel like there there should have been at the end, but I guess they didn't really care about this much back then, but like <laughs> she should have gotten a choice <laughs> who she was married to. <laughs> Yes, I agree with that. Because it does just boil down to like, it's like it would be no different than if if it were a western and and Edward G. Robinson let Clarence have his prized horse at the end while he walked off. Like it was that <laughs> kind of transaction. It was very weird. Yeah. Question: At the end, Edward G. Robinson said that he was probably just going to fleece Flo for a few thousand and then abandon yeah. her. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that, or do you think he was just trying to, like, convince Clarence to go with him? No, I believe it. Like, because I see it as kind of like a Harry and the Hendersons moment of, like, go! I don't want you here! Well, I think it was a Scorpion the Frog kind of situation where he knew he was probably going to do that, whether he could help it or not, but the change in him is what allowed him to just cut her out completely instead of doing that to her mm. you know what i mean yeah. i think he probably would have because that was just in his nature but since he right. changed he knew it was best for her to just leave it's just so interesting he like i think he almost decides to stay with those monks not because like hey i'm a good person now but it's more like you guys help me to be good yeah 
Mm-hmm. Like, he's still very much still in his transition. Yeah. Can we talk about how amazing those brothers are? Like, they're so nice. And they're so lovely. <laughs> yeah. They're so like, <laughs> nice and trusting. And... <laughs> and, like, the $2, like, they just give the $2 for the watermelon. Also, they got really excited about the watermelon, and I got excited with them. I'm like, you guys are going to have watermelon. Yes. <laughs> That was what I totally forgot. That was one of my favorite scenes too, because like when they're talking about buying watermelon as a treat, Edward G. Robinson's sort of like, "But it's just watermelon. Like, what the hell? Why? Why should we care?" And then at the end, when like they give the two dollars away, so there won't be watermelon, he's like actually upset that there won't be watermelon, (laughs) and it's so good. He's like, "What about the watermelon?" So funny. Yeah, I like it. That's kind of like the scene that you that you begin to see the turn in him, where he gets to like experience those simple pleasures. Yeah. What was his... Oh, yeah, he was watering down the milk. That's why he was getting so many... Yeah, like, they were... they were pra- Like, they kept praising him for, like, doing so well, but then he was just doing his little workarounds. Yeah. Oh, I was wondering about that. Because, like, I was like, why would you... Why are you going over there with that bucket? Oh, he was watering... Okay, yeah. he was watering it down. So it seemed as if yeah. he was getting, Cause like... Because they, they were like, oh, you can get more milk out of that cow than anyone ever could. Yeah. I don't know... I don't know how you measure... What's the measurement for milk out of a cow is it quarts or liters yeah quarts quarts, yeah yeah it's still liquid whether it's out of a car or out of a car (laughs) is that not milk no don't drink things that come out of cars (laughs) (laughs) the more you know unless it's like some juice delivery van (laughs) yeah i'm turning down all my milk from the milk truck now thank you very much yeah from the milk truck disgusting the uber for milk Oh, no. Moober. <laughs> Just tossing bags out the side. Oh, yeah, you guys, like, drink, like, milk out of bags, don't you? No, not directly out of bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like an IV. Yeah. Well, I don't really drink milk because I'm not, like, three. But, Billy, you drink a lot of milk, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with my friends while we're gathered around a piano. Yeah, while you're singing Kentucky songs. <laughs> <laughs> so Humphrey Bogart was an asshole in this, eh? I felt so bad for Flo when she was setting up that meeting. Cause she, you know, yeah, because like you, you knew, you knew that it wasn't gonna go well. Oh yeah, I knew. Yeah, nice of him to write that exonerating letter, though. <laughs> I thought about you, Flo. Here's a threat. <laughs> he, uh, he's really good. I love Humphrey Bogart. Like, it's it is funny seeing him in like um. Uh, very supporting an antagonistic yeah. role. Well, or? no, because he's I've seen him as uh, as heavies before, but it's always very funny to see him in that because it's like, you know, he's he's soon to be one of the biggest like stars in the world. And, and whereas here, like, it's kind of like I think Incha, you asked me if this is before Casablanca, right? Yeah, because I was like, I don't know anything about Humphrey Bogart <laughs> before. Would it have been like just before? Or? Just a uh, years? This was 1940. Yeah. Casablanca was 1942. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I always forget that Casablanca was actually like shot during World War II. Yeah, that's why. It, that's one of the reasons oh, wow. why it was so popular, right? Because yeah, like it's a it's a period piece in, it, but it's not. It's a contemporary film about current issues. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, so holy shit! So like Humphrey Bogart did like back to back to back hits then because it was. The Maltese Falcon, right after this, I'm guessing, and then it was Casablanca in the Big Sleep, right? Something like that, right? 
Yeah, probably he probably had like 40 films in between each one because that was just how they did them back then. <laughs> but But no, this one definitely feels like it's on the cusp. Like he almost wins in the end, but Edward G. Robinson's just like, nah, you stay down there, I'm gonna hit you. Wait, so it was <laughs> hold on, it was Maltese Falcon in 41, Casablanca okay. in 42, and then the big sleep was 45. So he had Oh, sweet. One or two movies in between that, but when was the African Queen? Was that like the fifties? Probably that would have been later, right? Because he was like nineteen fifty one. Oh, okay. Did you? Oh, what's the movie? Because the African Queen is amazing, yeah. and mm-hmm. I love Bogey and Hepburn in it together. There's another movie that Hepburn did with John Wayne that has the exact same plot. Uh, like it is pretty much exactly the same film. Is it? Hold on. Are you thinking of uh, Error four hundred four? Page to the? No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> let me just let me just do. A quick I don't know. The only one I know they are in together is Rooster Cogburn, but that's not. That that might be it. Is it? But it doesn't have the same yeah. plot. Rooster Cogburn is very similar to uh, to the African Queen, where it's like, you know, a, a, a hard, manly man has to take this woman across a distance. Oh, yeah. And they end up, like, getting close together, and they go over some waterfalls. Yeah, in that way, yeah. If you watch them back-to-back, they are surprisingly similar. John Wayne won an Oscar for Rooster Cogburn. It was good. Okay. It's no African Queen, but well, it's, it's good. No- I mean, it's no True Grit, right? I was like, True Grit had a film series? No, just the sequel. And I think they just gave it to him because they didn't give it to him for True Grit. So they just gave it off <laughs> for Rooster Cogburn. They're like, well, it's the same character, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's close enough, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's his, that's like given, because Johnny Depp was nominated for the first Pirates of the Caribbean, and that's like giving him the Oscar for the newest one. <laughs> like, oh, here you go. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't give him anything for anything. <laughs> you, you know what I love about Flo? That picture of Edward G. Robinson she keeps by her phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just this lovely framed picture that she keeps for, one, like, the five years that he's in Europe. And then, like, the further years where she thinks that he's dead and she just puts, this like, funeral shrouds around it. A little it. black bow on Yeah, that was top. my favorite when she just drinks it with, like, black. <laughs> yeah. I really want to know how much flowers were back in the day. Apparently enough that you could, like, run a charity off of them. Yeah. At least a monk. At least for yeah, monks. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's not like they were exactly rolling in it, right? Like, <laughs> they had, sometimes well, they had... the protective <laughs> agency was coming after yeah. them. <laughs> sometimes they had watermelon money, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Always giving it to young boys for shoes. Right? Where'd that kid even come from? Why couldn't they eat the watermelon and then just give the kid the watermelon shell as his shoe? Oh, I think because they're not monsters. <laughs> Those are they? shoes, though. You just tie a yellow ribbon around them. <laughs> exactly. Yellow, it has to be. Yellow. I mean, be like, go to the have... old oak tree. <laughs> the kid doesn't have shoes. What's he going to complain because they're watermelon shoes? Like, Seriously? now I wanted, I wanted the new Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
Are there any other films that are like this that are similar in tone or other than Sister oh, Act? Sis- uh, Sister Act. <laughs> Sister Act. I know. <laughs> there's Sister Act too. Uh, yeah. There's a there's like a genre. I would love a Brother Orchid too, where he went to an inner city school and taught them all to sing. There, like, isn't hiding out with like fish out of water tales? Like, those are pretty generic like on the series end, you've got like uh witness right with harrison ford mm-hmm. um and then there's what's white chicks yeah there's uh <laughs> that for richer or poorer with tim allen and kirstie alley where they hit out with the amish oh yeah yeah i can't really remember how that but there's one that's more specific hold on let me look it up because i think there was one in the 90s where Robert De Niro and Sean Penn were hiding out as priests, or they may have oh that rings actually a bell. been priests. <laughs> I can't remember. This may be a <laughs> priest. They had to hide out in the mob. This may be a wild goose chase. Maybe the priests had to hide in the mob. You don't know. <laughs> Hold on. Let me let me look it up. Maybe we should sell some flowers. See, De Niro, Sean Penn. <laughs> I wrote Sean Peen. Sean Penn. <laughs> we are no angels. To escape cons, only prayer to escape is to pass themselves off as priests. Yeah, so similar. They're escape cons. Yeah, that's really yeah. similar. So the, I think there is like a general genre of, of like fish out of water stories where people who are on the run are trying to hide out, try to ingratiate themselves with in a culture, and then end up finding out that maybe that culture had more to offer them than just a safe place to lay their head. <laughs> this is this might be weird is there was there ever a movie with gene wilder and someone else hiding out too uh, or is that like a fever uh, dream that i had gene wilder could be one of the gene wilder and richard, richard Pryor, Pryor. yeah but which ones it's not bruce's millions prior movie list hold on I'll look up all the movies there. There, isn't there one where one of them is blind and the other's deaf yes maybe hear no evil speak no evil see no ah, evil see no evil hear no evil silver streak another you and stir crazy stir crazy sounds right yeah just from title <laughs> content like that sounds like a movie where you'd be hiding out together and driving each other insane i mean like most of these movies are that Mm-hmm. Um, that one, they just escaped from prison a lot. John Sato didn't escape from prison, though, and he did very little that was, like, illegal, at least within the running time of the movie. Like, you know he he was a mob boss for years, so he definitely did do illegal stuff, but, like, he was able to walk past those cops at the end. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... Either that or they were like, oh, God, that's little little John Sato, don't touch him. It is odd that they just (laughs) let him go after this huge brawl that... Yeah. Well, I got to bag Bogey. That's that's enough of a get for today. Also, what did he, like, what did he do? I never understood what he did to have him on the run. Other than everything. To have, to have who on the run? Jack. The Humphrey Bogart's character. Jack I Buck. think Humphrey Bogart just, like, yeah, Jack Buck. I think he was just running the mob more aggressively. And so there was probably more heat on him from the cops. And I think, I, oh, I think Flo said that, like, some stuff had gone down while 
um, Sato was in the yeah, monastery. Jack, Jack, yeah. Jack Buck and his men were all over town spraying people with those flowers that are you get up to, <laughs> or like going up to people and stealing their noses. <laughs> it's gay. Yeah, he's the Joker. Jack Buck. He's the Joker. Joker. Yeah. I would. Oh my God. I I would have watched a Batman movie with Humphrey Bogart as the Joker. Yeah, I'd watch that too. That would honestly, seeing him give a crazy laugh would almost be disturbing in yep. itself. And Edward G. Robinson as not the Penguin, but Batman. No, as Robin. <laughs> Robin. <laughs> Holy rusted metal, see. <laughs> I don't think you could get him as Robin. I think the little boy without the shoes should have been Robin. No, he shouldn't have. <laughs> I just don't like that little boy. I just want to know where he came from. He's not even really a little boy. I'd say he was probably like 16. <laughs> I don't know if he was 16, but he... Have you seen 16-year-olds so lately? They're children. He was old enough to know better. Plus, he's kind of a narc, like, run into his dad, like, oh, this guy's yeah. not paying me for a fair day's work. Yeah. Like, these monks bought you shoes. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, why don't you consider that <laughs> Like, they that gave you $2. Are you gonna, you know... And he's All right, crying here's over your 50, 50 cents. cents. You owe us a dollar fifty now. Exactly right. Yeah, I agree. I'm with inches. Down with this kid. He sucks. Yeah, he's a total <laughs> dickhead. Yeah, he was the worst character in the whole movie. Yeah. So whatever happened to the sanitarium guy? Why? Why was he never? I, in the movie? I think he had some legitimate mental health problems. I think he checked himself in. Sato's like, "Come on, get out!" And he's like, "All right." And then as soon as Sato disappeared, he's like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go back in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat this obsessive compulsive disorder. Makes sense. It's, yeah. Definitely, I don't think you could get away with that in a modern script, just dropping a character like that. I like that scene, too. I feel like, I wanted that scene to expand. Mo- mostly just yeah, because well, of the fact that I wanted to see, like, all the yeah. sanitarium stuff. <laughs> Yeah, well, well if, yeah. if you think back, I think the main thing that that scene did for the plot of the film is that it showed Clarence was strong and could kick mobsters' butts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, I I agree. Like, I really like that scene, too. And that's why I was always sort of like, oh, I wonder if, uh, what's his name? Jimmy Knifes or whatever his name was <laughs> is ever going to show up again. Um, does anybody have any thoughts on any, like, technical things within the film? Any, like, filmmaking aspects? Thank you for the lighting on flow. It was really pretty. Uh, yeah. Like, that lighting on flow is top-notch. But I think, like, maybe some of the scenes... I mean, it would made, it would have made the movie shorter, but I think like some of the scenes, like if you really didn't have a purpose for them, they could have just been cut out. Like the yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like the sanitarium part. I was like, I really want like if if you if you do this, you need to expand it if you really want Willie to be here because like he kept calling Willie throughout the movie, and I was so fucking excited to see Willie. I'm just like Willie's gonna be this badass. Willie's gonna be Clarence, <laughs> but not. And then. <laughs> like at the very end like he opens up the secret room and willie's just sitting back there yeah like willie's basically like charlie chaplin just kind of just like knocking his like cane around and being like well i'm in a sanitarium now it's like what um and there was another scene that really didn't have a point to it and i forgot it well the kid with the shoes like get out <laughs> no that <laughs> that scene 
scene matter? That had the watermelon joke. That scene stays. Yeah, you could have just left out that kid. I would have preferred a dog than that kid. A dog doesn't need shoes in. He needs watermelon though, Billy. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the dog really wanted watermelon. Also, they're in the middle of the woods. Where did this kid come from? I'm still really upset that I don't know where this kid came from. Why aren't these monks growing watermelon? That seems reasonable. That's very true. They should switch business. <coughs> I saw a video today of a pig eating watermelon and it was adorable. See, we and need was, a pet in this movie. Right? It was much better than anything that kid did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought, I mean, I thought it was, it was shot. It was pretty by the numbers. Um, the way it was shot, other than um, the the scene where you think Edward G. Robinson's gonna die, not that you actually <laughs> thought that, but like where it's that's there's a chance of that. Um, but yeah, I thought it was it was structured very oddly. Other than that, that like that would be my only thing. I agree, it needed either things needed to either be expanded or cut. But again, if you cut it, I mean, you'd have like a 20 minute film if you got a yeah. lot of yeah, it was already only like an hour and a half long yeah, yeah so I, I get why they didn't cut much but um uh yeah i don't know it was shot it was shot well um yeah but not, nothing really stood out as great i like the editing of the uh of the european sequence like yeah. just the kind of like silent newsreel-esque montage yeah it of... had that like citizen kane vibe to it yes very much so yeah where it's like okay. just him going like trying to buy the world's largest diamond uh-oh it's a doorknob <laughs> that sucked <laughs> yeah that, I, I would be upset as well <laughs> so i understand um so what are what what's the verdict all around will we watch this movie again will we give it a yay or a nay is that a thing we do now? It's yay or nay? I don't know. Did, what, what have we, what have we what done have we in the past? Did we talk about it? I don't know. I really can't remember. I don't think we had like a catchy term for it. I think we just no, said No, which I would love to have. have. Yeah, I don't how know. Many, I can't how, many orc, how many flowers? What, what sort of flower <laughs> do you give flowers? this film? Out of, out of what? Out of the flowers you have to give. <laughs> out of your bouquet. <laughs> like, do, do you want a whole field of daisies or... I give it a merci out of 23 skidoos. <laughs> um, yeah, I really liked it. I'd watch it again. It was, uh, it was fun and light entertainment. Um, so it's, it's very watchable for sure. 100%. Yeah, I wouldn't ever call it a great film. But I, th- I think it's really good at what it does. Yeah, I don't yeah. necessarily. Yeah, I, don't I was looking forward to watching it again. When <laughs> I was looking for an Edward G. Robinson movie to pick to watch with you two this was the one that stuck out because it was a very easy watch yeah yeah i get it i give it i give it like a bachelorette 12 rose <laughs> <laughs> i really liked it it was it was funny i love Flo. i want her to do better i hope i hope after the film she did better kind of hope she married clarence but i also really don't um but I really, really, really liked it, and it was so good. Also, I found, I, I realized another movie that you could kind of relate this to. It's a weird, it's a weird comparison, but it's there. You can also relate this to kind of like Reservoir Dogs, like how that undercover aspect kind of worked. Like, 
He went under the cop went undercover as a mobster. He went undercover as a brother. Everybody went. Uh, so also <laughs> like stuff like undercover. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny if uh there was like a big Mexican standoff at the end between all the brothers, but it's like over who gets the last slice of watermelon. <laughs> Oh well, you you wanted Flo to do well after this movie, and Southern kept working. Her last film was in 1987. Oh wow! Hey, there you go. Yeah, the Whales of August. I've never oh. heard of it, but good for her. <laughs> so, like, I read this quote that like she she never wanted to be like a leading lady. She liked character bits, and I'm like, that's that's admirable, especially for someone. Who looks like Greta Garbo? Like, I'm like, yeah, good for yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wheels of August, the cast in this movie Betty Davis, Vincent Price, Whoa. What? Anne Southern, Mary Steenbergen. I might have, I, I might have to check that yeah, movie. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would read the synopsis, but it's very long. Yeah, don't worry. It's like a four paragraph <laughs> synopsis. <laughs> I'll read you the first paragraph, or the first sentence. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm going to okay. read it to you anyway. No, no, here's the first sentence. It's August. <laughs> the whales are back. <laughs> <laughs> and they're ready for revenge. <laughs>